Hi, I'm Kelly. And I'm Carrie. And we're Identical Twins. We are so excited to talk to you about all things related to church music here on Hymn Talk, Twin Talk. Now each week we will break down a hymn. It could be an old favorite or it could be one you've never heard of. But it is our prayer that you will worship with us no matter what song it is. So let's get started here on Hymn Talk, Twin Talk. Hi everyone! <laughs> I'm Kelly. I'm Carrie. And, and we're, we're Identical, identical twins. twins. This is a big episode. We are so excited. You know, I thought we should have had balloons or flowers. I was thinking we something. could have had like those blowers. Yeah. This is number 50. 50. And if you're watching on YouTube, you see already that there's a distinguished gentleman here. Yes. <laughs> he is not an identical twin of ours. <laughs> no, he's not. But we love him like a twin. Thank we you. do. We, you. I we, love you too. <laughs> we wanted to do something special. We wanted yeah. to make this episode big and different. So one, we are on YouTube again. Yes. I mean, I don't know if anyone's watching. I don't know if anyone's <laughs> watching, but we're here. And two, we have a special guest yeah. who is going to be on the video with us, which this is the first time this has happened. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Is it a Him Talk Twin Talk it's first? It's a Talk Twin Talk the first time we've had someone with us on video and it's the first time we've been on location <laughs> yes we're on location we are not in my basement everybody <laughs> we didn't want to make our distinguished guests come down to carrie's basement <laughs> so we have found a place in our church where mm -hmm. we can just kind of sit and be quiet and have a room to ourselves and i feel like if our church family members are are watching they know the room yeah. yes we're here we're here yeah. hi <laughs> All right, so this is our, uh, how do we even introduce him, Kelly? Pastor David Wesley Reed was the senior pastor here at First Baptist Church of Reading for? 38 years. Do we have a 38 years. <laughs> yeah, yes. Of the 38 years that you were the senior pastor here at FBC, I was the director of worship and music for 15 years. Mm -hmm. And I was playing piano for you. He was my boss, too, for yeah. about 12 years. Yeah. I used to say that there was no better boss than a Baptist preacher. <laughs> Why? <laughs> because I just thought he, like, got me. He understood that I was a mom. He understood that I had kids. He understood that I had commitments. And he always would say to me, Kelly, your family comes first. You know, because in these jobs, you can just work morning, noon, and night. Right. And he would say, your family comes first. Yeah, right. And while other bosses might say, get into to work, get your butt in there and get something done, and, and he wasn't like that. Well, I, I that is the priorities. I mean, your family comes first. Mm -hmm. There's no question about that. And, and then you were a self-starter, so your job always got done. You were ahead of the curve in terms of <laughs> what I expected and hoped for. So I just sat back and watched. So we knew that we wanted our 50th episode to be special. And when Pastor Reed approached us with his one of his favorite hymns, all right, do you want to tell them what it is? Yes. Great, Great is, is thy, thy faithfulness. faithfulness. Such a good one. Yeah. So we said, we got to save Great is Thy Faithfulness. Like, that's a big one. Mm -hmm. right. So we said, let's save it for our 50th and invite Pastor Reed here to talk about it since it is your favorite. But, you know, you do worship at a different church. He retired, what was it, five, six years ago? Five and a half. We don't get to see him that often, so this is really special for us, too. Thank you. Yeah. It is for me, too. Great. I did a little bit of research, and in the last four years, yeah. the top 25 hymns, okay. the top 25 hymns performed in churches, what number do you think Great Is Thy Faithfulness is? I'd say number six. I think it's a little higher. I'm going to go with, like, 12. 
No, it's number two, you guys. Is that right? Number two. And do you know what number one is? It's another favorite. How great that was. Yes. Yeah. These are the ranking of sales on the worship um, website that we get our music from. Sure. So the top 25, one, How Great Thou Art, two, Great Is Thy Faithfulness. I mean, maybe we save How Great Thou Art for our hundredth. Maybe it's a hundred. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I don't know. Yeah. But two hymns that I think are requested the most often when I talk to our congregants. All right, so you've been retired for five, six years. Mm -hmm. What are you doing? We know you're listening to the podcast. (laughs) I spend morning, noon, and night. (laughs) Listening to him talk to me, talk can only take up so much time. What else are you doing? Well, I'm doing a lot of writing. That's the ministry I'm involved Mm. in mostly. I uh, uh, when I the first six months I retired, I was like, now what do I do? Because it was a you know three hundred sixty five day a year job, twenty four seven, and I was all of a sudden available for all this time and I was praying a lot and asking Lord okay what do you want me to do and believe it or not and I mean this very specifically and I don't say it lightly when I was praying one day out of the blue the Holy Spirit whispered into me I want you to write a book on the promises of God a 365 day uh, devotional it was that clear now I've learned over the years that you have to be able to sort out what's God's voice and what's your voice. Right. And the way you do that, one way you do that, is to give it enough time to see if the, that kind of instruction uh, voice resonates and continues to resonate, which it did. I talked it over with a few folks, um, and this, the urge to do it, the calling, so to speak, uh, became so strong, and I, I mean this literally, became so strong, I couldn't not do it. Mm-hmm. And it took two years to do. I committed myself to couple of hours every day it, it took two years to do and the whole uh, process of completion has taken almost a year in terms of going to the editor where they look at uh, syntax and punctuation and all of those things they give you a f- their first pass I've been through that they give you the second pass I've been through that and it's about ready to go back now for page design and cover design it'll be out in May or June it's called oh. prospering on oh. God's promises but it's a long process yeah I'm very very excited about it you know do you know what excites me about it mostly not only because I feel like I couldn't not do it yeah but one of the things I was concerned about in Christianity American Christianity is the slippage in understanding of basic Christian theology the gospel is getting lost into a simple almost humanistic message of life goes better with Jesus you know it's that shallow but the gospel is so rich, much richer than that, so much more powerful. And, and I'm so excited because this is not only a book of inspiration, it's a book of instruction mm. on sound Christian theology, biblical theology. And uh, I'm, if it were my legacy in life, I would be happy with that. Oh, I love that. Yeah. I wanted to ask you, when I've talked to writers who've been published, they really dread that editing process because the editor you know, writes back with changes. How was your editing process back and forth? Were you okay with the feedback? First of all, before I submitted it to them, I edited it about 20 times. Mm. Just so it was really edited down to what I wanted. And they promised me after reading it that they won't edit any content. Oh, okay. Just nice. Just punctuation and. Oh, okay, so, so they didn't change anything in terms of content. Yeah. Okay. They might have changed a, um, a verb to plural or right. something like, but nothing in terms of substance. Right. That's nice. Yeah, but it's a long, long process. And so, what's your timeline for that, or do you just like write? Uh, I just write, but my timeline is get the one I'm on out and circulating. 
Yeah. And then submit this one next September around Labor Day. Oh, okay. All right, so that's your newest book. Tell us about your first book. When you first retired, you wrote your first book. I did. It was in response to a request from a seminary in India. They wanted to use a book in their homiletics class, so they asked me if I would write a book inclusive of my sermons. So, and I was particularly concerned with the, as I've said before, this theological slippage uh, of people not understanding basic biblical doctrines and truths. Right. So I wrote it on what's called timeless and changeless truth, and I tried to oh. uh, take a sermon on God, man, uh, Christ, salvation, the Holy Spirit, the church, and walk my way through systematic theology and give them a sermon on each one. You know, yeah. when you talk about this um, theological slippage, yes. I can't help but go back to the hymns. I know. Because that's what makes these old definitely. hymns that are so true. Very There's no vague language. Very There's definitely. no uncertainty. They're written by men and women of God who wrote the truth. Yeah. And a lot of them were ministers. Yeah. I mean, yes. the ministers of the day were the ones writing the hymns. Thomas Chisholm, who wrote Great As Thy Faithfulness yeah. was, as you well know. Yeah. And then you think of, you know, the ones, you know, from Europe way back, like Neander mm -hmm. um, and C Johann Kruger. I mean, they were ministers and they actually wrote the hymn because it was it went with their sermon. Like yeah. they wrote. Could you imagine? <laughs> I, I'm preaching on this and I can't find the right song. So I'm going to write it myself. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I know that people don't like to hear it, but the theological slippage that's happening in churches and in sermons, unfortunately, happens yeah. with music and the new, you know, newer praise music and the newer songs the biggest complaint is that they're not as theologically sound. And that's not, that's generic because there are some great yes, ones. Right. And you could say that about old hymns that have not stood the test of time. Right. I mean, sometimes we'll look at a hymn that's, you know, only published in two hymnals and it's right. like, okay, well now we know why. <laughs> right, right. You know, these old hymns, not all of them right. did that, but the good ones do. Right. The good ones like today's. I yes. mean, and great is thy faithfulness. Number two, you guys. Number two. Number two. I'm not surprised. <laughs> uh, faithfulness is one of the highly prized part of God's nature, to know that we can walk away from him, rebel against him, and he's always going to be faithful to us. That's very thrilling, because we've all had times of slippage in our own lives when we might have drifted away, but he hasn't. It's a wonderful theme. There are many reasons why hymns stand the test of time, and that is definitely one, the truth that it speaks of. But it's also the way it's singable, yeah. it's easy. It's, the refrain is the same phrase over and over and over again, but yet it's you never get tired of it right. and those words are right right from the bible what does the bible say <laughs> i mean we love when hymns quote scripture right and this just does not disappoint yeah. it comes right from the bible tell us Cal. okay so we're looking at the old testament book of lamentations and what are the lamentations about the Lamentations are not the most cheery, no. <laughs> cheery book in the Bible. Well, Jeremiah was the weeping prophet. <laughs> Jeremiah was the weeping prophet, exactly. <laughs> oh, poor Jeremiah. <laughs> poor Jeremiah. We feel bad yeah. for him. This is Lamentations 3. You know, the heading at the top of the chapter is, Great, Great is, is Your, your Faithfulness. faithfulness. Right. So let me read it a little bit. This is um, Lamentations 3, starting with verse 22. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases his mercies never come to an end they are new every morning great is your faithfulness that's fantastic mm -hmm. 
I feel like the hymn writer, Thomas Chisholm, who we're going to talk about later, yeah. he took this and made an entire oh, hymn about it. Absolutely. And the thing that I think is even more exciting is that if you look at the King James Version, it actually says the words, great is thy faithfulness. I mean, this ESV version that I just read says great is your faithfulness, but he took the, the phrase, great is thy faithfulness. So Pastor Reed, when you started preaching here at FBC, were you using the King James Version? Yes. That's amazing. That's how old I am. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I have a funny story to tell you about the King James. We had an older gentleman who was here at that time who was in his 90s and who, uh, when we went from the King James to the Revised Standard, he left at the church. Oh. And I loved the guy. He, he um, We got along very, very well, but he says, and he says, oh, I'm not coming back. And I said, why, why? And he says, because if the King James was good enough for the Apostle Paul, it's good enough for me. How do you argue with, you argue with, with that? that? No, I, that's fine. You know, I, I just said, well, we miss you, George. There might have been a little pushback changing Bible right. translations, but also you transitioned from hymns to praise music yes. here at the church. Yes. So what was the transition from hymns to praise music? What was that like? Well, we were in the early 90s. We were... I was aware of the fact that the congregation was getting older and we were not drawing younger families into the ministry. And I said, part of that has a lot to do with um, the worship style. So uh, it was clear to me that we needed to upgrade whatever the music, not only the quality, but just the style. And uh, we determined that we would try to incorporate Perry's music. At the beginning, there was a lot of resistance to that. And I assured people, the older people particularly, we will not abandon the hymns. Mm. It will be a both and, not an either or. But over time, it evolved. We added instruments. We uh, just upgraded the whole quality of presentation and tried to pick praise music that would appeal. And we noticed a very significant difference in worship attendance and um, in terms of the younger families that were being appealed to, the, the uh, younger generation. So mm -hmm. it was a good transition. It was a painful one for some of the older people. But I really tried to minister to them behind the scenes a lot to say, we're not going to, we respect you. We're not going to abandon praise me, uh, hymns. We know that they're theologically sound. It's what you grew up on. So we're going to try to see if we can incorporate both. And eventually, uh, we did it and nobody left. And we both plan worship on the Sundays. Yes. And it's wonderful to have such a huge repertoire to pull yes. from. Mm -hmm. Right? If you feel like your congregation only knows 10 hymns and two praise songs, I mean, it's so much harder. Right, right. But we have so much music to pull from. Um, and it can be really challenging because yeah. there's so much to pull from. But it also can be really easy because there's you know that there's just one you know, that works perfectly. Right. So I, I really feel like there is, there's so, such value in doing both. And, um, I love it. That's and that I learned that from you, yeah. Pastor yeah. Reed. Well, I'm glad. I, I was always concerned with uh, trying to be relevant without compromising. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. it was it was an important issue for me because nothing I hated more than looking out at the congregation and feeling that they're bored oh with gosh. the preaching or with the music or with anything. You know, yeah. and I always felt strongly about quality mm. that uh, you really can't just wing it. Uh, you have to really prepare. So I. As, I've, as you know, I prepared my preaching schedule for the year. That gave you a guideline to prepare the music. And, um, uh, and then you ran with it right. from there. I love when you said that you wanted to be relevant without compromise. I think that's 
what makes creative people have such fun with the hymns, mm-hmm. right? It doesn't have to be, you know, the same exact way on a pipe organ, right? It can be relevant without compromise and be updated and mm-hmm. modernized. And I think that's what we're going to see today. So for our 50th, we really yeah. wanted to show a lot of music. So we have Great Is Thy Faithfulness with three different performers, mm. three different renditions. So what we're going to do, we don't usually do this. We are going to listen to one of the verses and then chat about it. Okay. Good. Okay, so our first um, gentleman that we're going to hear from is named Tony Aaron. We're going to share this video and all of his information. He is a singer and a minister in Georgia, and he actually performed Great Is Thy Faithfulness most recently at a Martin Luther King celebration ceremony that they had in January at the Warren Baptist Church in Augusta, Georgia. Nice. And so this is him singing verse 1. Great is thy faithfulness, O God, my Father. There is no shadow of turning with thee. Like last month. I know. It was just recent. Yeah. So, yeah, he took such a slow tempo with it. Mm -hmm. It's so full of, like, space and time. You know how sometimes you rush through a hymn? You really can sit with those words for a bit. Let's talk about those first That That first first verse. verse. So, first of all, I love his rendition, and I love his range. He has a higher range than I was expecting. Mm -hmm. Uh, He has a very sweet voice. Yeah. It almost... I mean, it almost sounds like he could be singing falsetto, but he's not. It, I was just going to say, it almost sounds like he's singing in an, in an alto it's range. such a pretty, oh, pretty tone. It, this is like a musical nerd moment <laughs> right here. M&M's, always fun. We love our musical nerd moments. Yeah. He has a great range. Yeah, yeah. And so now the words, I mean, this is the basis of the yeah. hymn, God is faithful, God is the Father, mm-hmm. and he changes not. Hebrews 13, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Yes. Yeah, that's perfect. I love this, like, there is no shadow of turning, mm-hmm. right? We cannot escape him. We, there's nowhere we can go mm-hmm. that he won't be there, that we could actually get him to turn away from us. I found a passage from Job, chapter 34, verses 22, and it says, For his eyes are upon the ways of man, and he seeth all his goings. There is no darkness nor shadow of death where the workers of iniquity may hide themselves. Mm. And then I also found in Psalm 139, verses 2 to 3, you know when I sit down and when I rise up, you discern my thoughts from afar, you search out my path and my lying down, and are acquainted with all my ways. I mean, he is here. The omniscience of God. Mm -hmm. Yes. And when I think of, like, the omniscience and the omnipresence of God, when we have Jesus in our hearts. I mean, that's it. That's we are. We always have him. That's our. That's his presence. Mm. My experience has been that a lot of people, f- um, a lot of Christians, don't 
really understand that the Holy Spirit is in. Mm. Once you become a believer, he literally resides you spiritually within so that when they get to a hard place and they try to reach out to God, they say, they think about conceptually trying to reach the heavens. And and I said, don't look up, look in, Mm. because he's as close to you as your next breath. Mm. And and, uh, that makes him much more intimate and available. He wants us to have this intimate relationship where we're constantly talking to him and looking to him and, and uh, you know, that, uh, that prayer life that's so important. Yeah. Richard Foster talks about prayer. It's just being a simple prayer. It's just being in the presence of God. You don't have to say anything. You don't mm. have to do anything. You just, it's like sitting here with people who love each other. Mm. You just sit in the presence of God when he dwells within you. Mm. And that in itself is exhilarating. And it's a gift. It's a wonderful it's gift. It's a gift. A gift from the, it's a gift from God. Actually. Yeah. It's yeah. a gift that we get to even do that. All right. What's verse two? Okay. So verse two, we actually went back to someone that we've used before on Him Talk, Twin Talk. Yay. We love the vocal stylings of Chris Rupp. Mm. Now, we did Chris Rupp when we did Christ the Lord is Risen Today for our Easter episode. Mm-hmm. Loved it. And he is a solo artist, but he does all the music with his voice he is completely a cappella, and it literally sounds like there's you know five six seven people it's amazing what he does so this is verse two by chris some of the harmonies and it does sound like multiple people it sounds like an acapella group it's like magic i don't know how he does it (laughs) we're going to share all his information so you can check out his music and again go back to listen to christ the lord has risen today because he that video is actually really cool do you Mm -hmm. remember the video yes because he has himself like popping up in different places he's very (laughs) talented Mm -hmm. um love the words to the second verse i mean talking about nature and the seasons you know i think people I don't know, people think maybe it's a little weird. Like, why are we singing that, like, the nature, nature itself is going to praise God? But, like, that's his creation. Mm -hmm. Of course, the very rocks will cry out. It says it in the Bible. That shouldn't surprise us. My my favorite chapter in the Bible is Romans 8. Mm -hmm. And verse 22, it says, All of creation groans in travail until... Yes. God, you know, basically recreates it all. So sin impacted not just individuals. It, it despoiled creation. Mm-hmm. If you read Genesis 3, there, once sin enters the world, there's a disruption or dysfunction crept into the relationship with each other, between Adam and Eve, with God, of course, and with the creation itself, because now they're going to have to produce by the efforts of their labor. So the, the entrance of Rebellion against God has disrupted the entirety of his creation. Mm. And the idea of his recreating everything to live in perfect harmony with him uh, is really very, very thrilling. It's a promise that's um, 
beyond our comprehension. I think of one of the Psalms that has inspired numerous songs, mm. and that's Psalm 8. You know, mm. O Lord, O Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. You have set your glory above the heavens. And then it goes on and it names it. When I look at your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars which you have set in place. It's a great hymn of creation. God has created all of these things. Of course they would return their praise to him. Mm -hmm. And I love that I think of us joining with nature. And then the other thing that I think of is the promise that God makes to Noah. This is in Genesis 8, verse 22. As long as the earth endures, seed time and harvest, cold and heat, summer and winter, day and night will never cease. God will be faithful. And those are the exact words, you know, yeah. summer, yeah. Wint winter, harvest. So I have to think that he was thinking of that when sure. he wrote those words. Sure. All right, verse three. So our third verse is being sung by this praise and worship team from a church in England. Love what they are doing. So they're called the Life Church. They're in Bradford, England. And it is just this vibrant, thriving church. They have campuses in Leeds, Belfast and Warsaw, Poland. Wow. They are that? all over the place. So their praise and worship team is super talented. There's a female and a male singer, and at one point they do harmony, and it's so pretty. Um, yeah, I can't wait to share this with you. Right. The singers from Life, Life Worship in England. Pardon for sin and the peace that The third verse is my favorite. Yes. It's really beautiful, the words, and I just think it ties it all together. I think it's hard not to have an, like an emotional reaction when you hear that third verse, mm -hmm. and you really think about what those words are saying. The, the peace that we have in Jesus that we cannot find anywhere else. The Bible talks about a peace with God and the peace of God. Mm. The peace with God is, is the peace that comes to us when we've been justified, reconciled to God through Christ. That's a peace with God that's never going to be removed. Mm. But the peace of God is a fruit of the Holy Spirit that is given to us as we grow in our faith mm. in Christ. So this, there's a, a couple of dimensions to that. There's mm. an objective dimension, our standing changes. And then there's a subjective dimension as the peace of God comes into us. Mm. Okay. I'm always drawn to the, the Trinity. And I, the more I dug into this hymn, the more I realized it's a Trinitarian hymn. Mm. We think it's about God, and the first verse is definitely about God. It says, oh God, my Father. Mm -hmm. The second verse is still about God. He's the creator of all things. He's God, our creator. But then in verse 3, we hear about Jesus, this pardon for sin that came from the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ, a peace that endureth, and then thine own dear presence to cheer and to guide who is the presence yeah it's the holy, it's the holy spirit, spirit. Right. it wasn't until i really looked at this hymn in preparation for the, today's episode mm -hmm. that i realized it's a trinitarian hymn and i try to find trinitarian songs for our worship because it is so important there's so many songs about jesus there's so many songs about god there's a fair amount of songs about the holy spirit but to have all of them in one hymn mm -hmm. is so powerful and this is such a great example of that 
I think the hymns that survive are surviving hymns because the Holy Spirit makes them such. Mm. You know, the ones that fall away are not the ones that God wants to endorse right, right. for posterity. So. And you know what's funny? In my research, these two men who wrote this song, they wrote a bunch together. And I looked at all of their other hymns that they wrote. There wasn't one I recognized. Wow. This one is in 171 hymnals, which is a good amount, not like in the thousands. I'm kind of surprised. I thought it would be higher. I know. Um, but all of their other hymns that they partnered with were in two hymnals, three hymnals, uh -huh. six this is the one this is by far their most um popular one Interesting. and that's why and it's not because of them it's because of the holy spirit right so what do you say we've just heard the verses we have not heard the refrain pastor reed will you sing with us <laughs> you can't say no now no <laughs> go ahead all right ready great is thy faithfulness Great is thy faithfulness, morning by morning, new mercies I see. All I have needed, thy hand hath provided. Great is thy faithfulness. Lord, unto me. Such a great, great song. And we're going to talk a little bit later how, how it really became popular. It really found momentum during the Billy Graham era. Right. Uh -huh. He would have it. That's when it really became kind of this well-known church-wide hymn that everybody wanted to sing it. Right. And that was from the vocal stylings of George Beverly Shea. Was that him? George Beverly Shea. Yeah, that's right. So George Beverly Shea, we actually, I have a recording of him doing it. Oh, nice. Um, on a television special, and we're going to share that. Oh, good. It's, he has such a low, deep voice. He does. Okay. With like a strong vibrato, so we'll share that. Great. Yeah. Great. Well, All right, this was so wonderful, Pastor Reed. Oh, I had a good time. Did you have a good time? I had a great time. Will you come back again, especially when your book is published, and we can promote it, and we can I interview would, you again? I would love to. Yeah. I would love to. I love being with you. I don't see you often enough now. I know. But uh, it's been great fun. Thank you for inviting me. You're very, You're welcome. very welcome. Happy 50th. Thank you for giving us the suggestion because this yes. is a great one. Yeah. So this was happy 50th. Happy 50th. Great, great is, is thy, thy faithfulness. faithfulness. All right. Thank you, Pastor Reed. Thank okay. You. Bye. Have a great day. Oh, my goodness. Wasn't that great? That was great. You guys, that just felt like kind of a reunion. Yep. I don't know if you all thought it was as special as I know. Did. I know. Um, but we wanted something special for the 50th. And, and it was it was definitely special for us. You know, pastors retire. I mean, it happens. Right. But then you go from seeing somebody fairly regularly. Of course. To... Hardly ever. Hardly ever. And Hardly then, of course, ever. the pandemic hits. So right. then it's even worse. You're not right. seeing anybody. There's just so much love between all of us. Mm -hmm. I mean, we. I love him. I know that he loves us. That on its own is awesome. You know, get, getting to see someone that you love and cherish and respect. But then right. he's just so smart. And I he know. has all this information and knowledge and insight. Right. I feel like he could talk about any him like mm -hmm. we could say right. to him let's just talk about holy 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 <laughs> right okay let's just talk about standing on the promises i mm -hmm. feel like he could talk about anything so this is a super special episode because he was able to be here it's a great hymn and we got to share a lot of music so if you want to hear more about life worship about chris rupp 
about Tony Aaron. We're going to share all of mm-hmm. their their music with you. We're so thankful that Tony and Chris and the praise team at Life Worship even gave us permission to share. Yes. So thank you all. Thank you. Yeah. Um, but this is 50. Yeah. And we actually have something else that we're really excited about. Right. So we part are partnering with a woman in Knoxville, Tennessee. Mm-hmm. Her name is Catherine. And she makes, guess what? Him candles. So she has a company called Doxology Candle Company. And... I am so excited to offer this special promotion for our listeners. Yes. So for our 50th, she is offering a promotion of buy one, get one 50% off. And she has the greatest thy faithfulness candle. You can see it right here. Mm -hmm. I love it. I got the fresh lavender scent, which I love. I love lavender. And it says the words of the hymn, morning by morning, new mercies I see. So if you were so inspired by this episode, you could grab the Greatest Thy Faithfulness candle and then using our special Him Talk Twin Talk <laughs> discount code. What is it, Carrie? It's Twin Talk. We'll put it right here. <laughs> twin Talk, you can get a second candle for yourself or for a gift at 50% off. Um, the candles are really pretty. They're really high-end, high-quality mm-hmm. candles. Beautiful lids to cover them. Beautiful script. And I love that we're supporting a female-owned business. I love that we're supporting a Christian female-owned business. Right. Now, she is a stay-at-home mom. She mm-hmm. has two girls at home. And she says that music has always been a part of her life. Her grandfather was a minister of music at the family's church. Her grandmother was a piano teacher. This is a girl, a woman who knows her hymns yes. and knows her music. Yes. Um, and she has a long legacy. And they're... The hymns were so important to her that she created Mm -hmm. a whole business around them. Mm -hmm. Doxology Candle Company. We're really happy to partner with her, and we hope you guys buy her candles. Yes, yes. Buy one, get one, and the code is Twin Twin Talk. All right, back to Great is Thy Faithfulness. Yes. We talked so much about the Bible, so much about the inspiration, so much about how Mm -hmm. faithful God is. We need to talk about these two guys who wrote it. Yeah, and it's so cool because this doesn't happen that often they're actually friends Mm -hmm. and our guy who wrote the music was able to look at the words read the words study the words and the words inspired his music Mm -hmm. that doesn't always happen no all right so carrie tell us a little bit about thomas obadiah chisholm well thomas chisholm was born on july 29th 1866 in Franklin, Kentucky. Now, I mean, I don't know if our travels will ever get us to Franklin, Kentucky. Oh, where's our captain? <laughs> this is your captain speaking. But we could actually see his birthplace. Aww. There is a historical marker. It's actually number 2132 in Franklin to remember the birthplace of the noted church hymnist Thomas Obadiah Chisholm. He grew up on a farm. And he ended up working for the local newspaper. So while he was working for the Franklin Favorite, he had to cover a revival meeting, an evangelist revival meeting. Right. He heard the noted evangelist, Henry Clay Morrison. And he was converted that very night. Wow. I love it. So he's about 30 years old. This guy has been around. He, he thinks he knows a lot of things. And who knows what he thought that night mm. when he went to cover you know, for the newspaper. He went to cover the story. So eventually, he left the newspaper business and went to work for the evangelist, Henry Clay Morrison. (laughs) And the two of them worked for another publication called the Pentecostal Herald in Louisville. Mm -hmm. 
Now, eventually he became a pastor, he moved to Indiana, and he moved to New Jersey. So I think this is very interesting. We have a gentleman who is converted at a tent meeting, and not only does he have this, you know, awakening, but he changes his whole life. He leaves his job. He leaves his home. Mm -hmm. He goes and just works with this Morrison at around 30. Right. So how old do you think he was when he wrote Great Is Thy Faithfulness? Do you think this happens, like, right away as he's working with Morrison? I'm going to guess that it was later in life. Okay, so do you have an age, my sister? I'm going to guess 52. 52, but like eerily close. Really? Yeah, he was 57. <laughs> I was thinking, you know, like 20 ish years after he became a Christian. Right. You yeah. know, where he really could see God's faithfulness right. throughout time, not just, you know, that immediate first thing. Oh, the. The Bible says that God is faithful, but really kind of living it. Right. So I don't, like Carrie said, I don't know if we're going to Kentucky anytime soon, but I wonder if he's kind of famous in Kentucky, especially in the church world. So in 2015, yeah. so not even 100 years later, right. a, a singer from Kentucky named Jordan Smith gets put onto the television show The Voice. Mm -hmm. He sings for The Voice. Great is thy faithfulness when he was in the top 12 of the show. Okay. The top 12 contestants. We talked about Jordan Smith because he sang Mary Did You Know. Right. On The Voice. On The Voice. This is, this is amazing. I, I don't watch The Voice. No, me neither. But I feel like I need to go back and I need to watch Jordan Smith. And maybe we need to reach out to him. Oh, yes. Yes. <laughs> so Jordan does Great is thy faithfulness. Yeah. He starts at acapella. Very beautiful. And then he ends up playing the piano and accompanying himself. Now, this was in November of 2015. Okay. It received a standing ovation. And that week, there were enough downloads of his performance to make Great Is Thy Faithfulness in the top 30 of the top 100 downloads. Wow. So a hymn that is almost 100 years old was in the top 30 of downloads because of this Kentucky singer's rendition on The Voice. And it's still the archaic language. It's great as thy mm -hmm. faithfulness. I yep. mean, this, uh, that's amazing. Mm -hmm. And you guys, last year, Carrie Underwood recorded a version of Great as Thy Faithfulness. It was a duet with the gospel singer C.C. Minans. And that performance earned her a second Dove Award. She had won it prior to that in 2006 for Jesus Take the Wheel. Now, I think the connection to the Winans is so fantastic. Mm -hmm. We actually have a video mm -hmm. <laughs> of Cece and her mother, Dolores, mm -hmm. singing Great Is Thy Faithfulness at the 1996 Billy Graham Crusade in Minneapolis. Wow. So we know that Billy Graham loved this song. Mm -hmm. And to think that in 1996, Cece is performing with her mother on the stage mm -hmm. of Billy Graham and then years later performs it with Carrie Underwood. Wow. Wow. So we're going to share all of this. We right. said this mu this episode was just full of music. Right. And you know, it's kind of like what Pastor Reed said. The words are wonderful, but it is also the music, that tune. I know. So now it's time to, to learn about William Marion Runyon. William Marion Runyon was born January 21st, 1870 in Marion, New York. His parents were named William White and Hannah Runyon. So Carrie... I immediately saw that William Marion Runyon took his mom's last name, oh. Runyon. I don't know what that means. I mean, could it be some sort of scandal <laughs> in the Runyon White household? 
dig into that on another episode. <laughs> but then no, it's kind of funny. I know. So he took his father's name, yeah. William, yeah, and then his mother's name, last name Runyon, right, and the middle name. Is Marion named after the town that he was living in, Marion, New York? And I looked up that to see if maybe there was a big family in the town. Marion was named after the Revolutionary War hero, Francis Marion. He did not have any children. He had two nephews. They both had daughters. The name Marion is just around with really no connection between Francis and William. Okay. Yeah. He was named after his town, so I had a little bit of an idea for a pop quiz for you, Carrie. What? Do I need to play my pop quiz yes. music? Okay. We're calling this, Were You Named After Your Town? <laughs> That's the name of it? <laughs> yes. Were You All right. Named After Your Town? So I'm yes. going to give you some people whose names are also geographic locations, and you have to tell me if they were named after the town that they lived in or if it was just a coincidence. Okay. Coincidence okay. or town? Coincidence or town. How about Orlando Bloom? Was oh. he named after Orlando, Florida, that, Carrie? No, that has to be a coincidence. <laughs> you are right. Yeah. You are right. He was not named after Orlando. What about Ron Howard's daughter, Bryce Dallas Howard? Bryce Dallas Howard. I feel like nobody would na- be named Dallas. I mean, that has to be after the town. It is after the city, I guess, the city of Dallas. Yeah, city of Dallas. In fact, Ron, all of Ron Howard's kids have the t- a, a name of a city or town that was important to them Aww. in their name. Look at Ron Howard being so geographically relevant. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and that's what people come think about when they think of Ron oh, Howard. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> um, what about Dakota Fanning? Dakota. I think that's just her name. It's not the place. It isn't the place. You're right. Carrie, you're acing this quiz. Because I think of what how I would name my own children. What about Winona Ryder? I, what, where's the town? What's, what's it <laughs> named after? I think there's a town named Winona. Really? Mm-hmm. I do not think she was named after it. Oh, you're wrong. What? <laughs> Sorry. She was named after the city of Winona, Minnesota, where she was born. Mm-hmm. Let's go to Winona. <laughs> Winona, Minnesota. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So All right, that's my little quiz. But let's get back to William Ma- Marion Runyon. Is that okay with you, <laughs> Carrie Methuen? <laughs> Imagine if our parents gave us the middle name of the town we were born in. We would be Carrie and Kelly Methuen. Methuen's a great town, though. So a little information about William Marion Runyon, who had no relation to Francis Runyon, the war hero. The I know you were wondering. Revolutionary war hero. Yeah, actually, he traveled to Lexington and Conquered. Oh, he was right here in Massachusetts. <laughs> That's the way to get Carrie to just melt. Mention the Battle of Lexington and Concord. Actually, She's a fan. It's not even a battle. It's considered more of a skirmish. <laughs> <laughs> it's true, though. Which all true Revolutionary War (laughs) fanatics know. There's a difference between a battle and a skirmish. (laughs) And the Battle of Lexington, just that title is very misleading. Okay, okay, let's keep going. (laughs) That'll be for another podcast, Carrie. Okay, so I do not think that there was any scandal between William and (laughs) William's dad and his mom. Good. 
William's dad was a Methodist preacher, mm -hmm. and he moved the family to Kansas. So they left Mary in New York and went to Kansas. So he follows in his father's footsteps and becomes an ordained minister <laughs> in the Methodist church. Okay. And he worked for about 12 years, serving in various churches in Kansas. And he was finally appointed an evangelist for the Central Kansas Methodist Conference. And then when he was starting to slow down with his work, mm -hmm. he ended up becoming associated with John Brown University, which is in Sulphur Springs, Arkansas. Oh, wow, Arkansas again. Again, and it's a leading private Christian university. The, the website says that it trains students to honor God and serve others since 1919. So I think he was there right at the beginning of this. There are more than 2,200 students at this college that come from 37 states and 48 countries. We talked about Arkansas so much when we did the hymn, By His Stripes We Are Healed, right. because we learned that the hymn writer Thoreau Harris eventually moved to Arkansas. Mm -hmm. I find this connection so interesting, and I wonder if we would find a connection between Thoreau Harris and Runyon. Yeah. I mean, we said it in that episode, and we just should say it again. We want to go to Arkansas. I know, I know. Where's our captain? This is your captain speaking. Now, Runyon composed the tune for Great is Thy Faithfulness mm -hmm. for Chisholm. Chisholm sent it to him, and he wrote it for him. And I have this direct quote here. Ooh. <coughs> Attention, please. Runyon wrote... Mr. Chisholm and I were devoted co-workers, and I wrote harmonies to some 20 or 25 of his poems. This particular poem held such an appeal that I prayed most earnestly that my tune might carry over its message in a worthy way, and the subsequent history of its use indicates that God answers prayer. That's beautiful. I know. I mean, we've talked about that. And the truth is, you guys, is that he wrote a lot of music for a lot of poems, yeah. and no one remembers any of them. Really? Any of them. And here we have Great Is Thy Faithfulness, the one he specifically prayed for. Now, Great Is Thy Faithfulness is in 171 hymnals. The closest one okay. that I could find yeah. from him, and it's not a Chisholm hymn, it is a Runyon hymn, Lord, I Have Shut the Door. So Runyon writes this hymn. He writes the words and the music. It is not nearly as popular as Great Is Thy Faithfulness. But let's sing it, Carrie, and okay. see what you all think. Okay. Lord, I have shut the door. Speak now the word. Which in the din and throng could not be heard. Hushed now my inner heart, whisper thy will. While I have come apart, while all is still. What an interesting hymn. I feel like this has to come from a personal place for him. Completely. You know, the world is loud, outside is loud, there's din, there's throng. He can't hear God's voice. So he shuts the door right. and he gets into his quiet place and that's when he asks God to speak to him. I mean, it almost reminds me of how he approached Great as Thy Faithfulness. He got to a quiet, mm. quiet place, and he prayed that the Lord would guide him through his composing. 
bringing great is thy faithfulness back to our generation in yeah. this century. I, I love this. In 2018, there was a vetting team commissioned by the United Methodist Church um, to look at all the hymns and what they would be including in their hymnal. Like, I want to be on that vetting team. I know. I do too. Yeah. So they gave Great is Thy Faithfulness the green light okay. for its theological content based on, remember this is a Methodist church, the criteria of adherence to Wesleyan theology. Wow. Right? I don't know if people know that, you know, it's very popular in the Methodist church or if that it really supports well Wesleyan theology. But also in 2018, yeah. this is a big year for Greatest Thy Faithfulness. <laughs> also in 2018, uh, John Piper was speaking at the Gospel Coalition's Women's Conference, mm. and they selected Greatest Thy Faithfulness to conclude Piper's remarks. But the prolific preacher and writer, I mean, John Piper, he's pretty famous, he says that the lyrics didn't quite match his sermon. So following the pattern of wow. pastors and ministers writing hymns, mm -hmm. Piper wrote two additional verses that he felt matched his theme for this conference. Okay, so I think this is a great opportunity to hear some more music. We said that this episode was full of music. Yes. So I have a musical artist from Croatia Ooh. who does beautiful arrangements of hymns. He actually writes them and plays them. I wanted to hear something different. So it is a saxophone and piano duet. His name is David Kosijan, and he's on YouTube. We're going to share all his information with you. But let's hear his rendition of Great Is Thy Faithfulness while you read John Piper's original verses. Yes, written in 2018. I could not love thee so blind and unfeeling. Covenant promises fell not to me. Then, without warning, desire, or deserving, I found my treasure, my pleasure, in thee. I have no merit to woo or delight thee. I have no wisdom or powers to employ. Yet in thy mercy, how pleasing thou find'st me. This is thy pleasure, that thou art my joy. Great is thy faithfulness, great is thy faithfulness. Morning by morning, new mercies I see. All I have needed, thy hand hath provided. Great is thy faithfulness, Lord unto me. Those are interesting words. Mm -hmm. So, you know, there's some options there. There's a lot of talk about, you know, hymns getting right. new verses or mm -hmm. hymns mm -hmm. being more modern. And people have their opinions on it. But the truth is, is that from the times hymns were started to be written, they were always being added to verses right. and take the music and add these right. words and take the words and add this music. There was always that amount of change. And we don't see that with really any other genre of music. Mm -mm. I mean, the music and the words go together. Don't touch them. Whether you're talking about pop music, country, whether you're talking about musical theater, classical opera. I mean, they never switch it out like right. that. Hymns are very unique like that. Yeah. So as far as I'm concerned, especially if it's an old hymn like Greatest Thy Faithfulness and it's in the public domain, 
so you're not breaking any copyright laws. If you want to add a verse of new words, I think that's fine. I just wouldn't want to take a hymn that was theologically sound and praising to God and make it about something else because right. obviously the author's intent was to praise God. Right. So we have just loved diving into this hymn. We loved having Pastor Reed here and we hope that our 50th was just as special for all of you. Yes. Remember, you can buy this candle, buy a couple of them, one for yourself, one as a gift using our code TWIN TALK. And Kelly, why don't we share our hymn take before we go? All right. My hymn take is just going to be that verse three. I, you know, we didn't talk a ton about it, but I love it. It is so hopeful. It is so joyful. Pardon for sin, we are forgiven. And a peace that endureth, we have peace. Thine own dear presence to cheer and to guide, we have the Holy Spirit inside of us to cheer us, to guide us. Strength for today and bright hope for tomorrow. Blessings all mine with 10,000 beside. And I'm brought to James 1:17. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights, with whom, are you ready for this? There is no variation or shadow due to change. Mm -hmm. No change, no shadow of turning. God is faithful. It is really hard to choose just one phrase. I mean, you chose a whole verse. I chose a whole verse. I feel like you never follow the rule of the hymn take. I mean, who made the hymn take rules? We did. did. We could do whatever we want. No, I did. I did. (laughs) As the ruler of the podcast. She is the ruler of the podcast. I make the rules. (laughs) Um, So the hymn take is supposed to be the part that stays with you. What will you always remember? Well, there you go. It's verse three for me, Carrie. That's a lot to remember. Blessings all mine with 10,000 beside. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So I actually want to go back to the second verse. Mm-hmm. I mean, first of all, I just love all the verses. I do. But I do love the second verse about nature. When you really read the part that says sun, moon, and stars in their courses mm. above, right? The sun, moon, and stars were placed there. They have a course that they follow. Right, and it's not an accident. Right, it's like he did it with his own fingers. And I just love in Jeremiah... Chapter 31, verse 35, it says, Thus says the Lord, who gives the sun for light by day and the Mm. fixed order of the moon and the stars for light by night. He stirs up the sea so that its waves roar. The Lord of hosts is his name. Mm. This is who we worship, the creator of all things. And we just pray that when you sing Great Is Thy Faithfulness next time, (laughs) that you will have all of this kind of running through your head so that you can truly worship our Father, the Creator. Mm -hmm. Happy 50th episode, Carrie. I know. Happy. It's been awesome. We love doing this podcast and we love hearing from you. Mm -hmm. Um, I think we should just start planning our 100th. (laughs) (laughs) all right we're gonna share all the music please follow us on instagram twitter and and facebook Mm -hmm. you need to hear more from tony aaron chris rupp the team at life worship in england and the saxophonist and hymn writer david David and in the meantime go check out doxology candles yes you are going to be able to buy a new candle all right we'll see you next time on hymn talk talk, twin talk. talk